Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016 I helped him launch his very first membership he had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership in his first launch he got a hundred and thirty members bringing him in about sixty thousand in income every year now He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. I've been doing a coaching qualification, a spiritual coaching qualification, and During the process of doing that and during my own process of going through things and looking at things, there is actually a ton of science behind this woo stuff. So what I've been doing over the past week or so prior to putting together this recording, I've been Googling and searching and looking and looking at case studies and reports and various other wonderful things to kind of understand the science behind some of this stuff. And I want to go over with you today how this stuff is scientifically proven, even if you think it wasn't. And and I've picked a few of the obvious things that we will look at or that people might describe as we. So buckle in, we're about to learn some stuff. You are listening to Your Dream Business Podcast, episode 265. You are listening to Your Dream Business Podcast, and I am your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you are a business owner who is striving to build a business and a life that you dream of on your own terms and doing something that you love, then this is the podcast for you. Each week, I will share with you business, marketing, and mindset tools and strategies that I have used to start and grow my own dream business, as well as the dream businesses of hundreds of business owners from around the world. So if you're ready, let's get started. Hello, and a really warm welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. How are you doing? I hope you're having a good start to your week or have had a great week whenever you're listening to this. So this week, I want to talk about the world of woo, right? Now, don't switch off if you're thinking, oh, I can't bear this stuff. Recently, have kind of come to a thought that I want to stop using the word woo. Because to me, that word implies silliness, not real, fantasy, flippant, just not, yeah, it just doesn't say like what it is really. It just kind of makes it like it's a silly, stupid thing. And I've been doing, as you may know, I've been doing a coaching qualification, a spiritual coaching qualification. And 
during the process of doing that and during my own process of going through things and looking at things, there is actually a ton of science behind this woo stuff. So what I've been doing over the past week or so prior to putting together this recording, I've been Googling and searching and looking and looking at case studies and reports and various other wonderful things to kind of understand the science behind some of this stuff. And I want to go over with you today how this stuff is scientifically proven, even if you think it wasn't. And, and I've picked a few of the obvious things that we will look at or that people might describe as woo. So buckle in, we're about to learn some stuff. Okay, so the first thing you need to know is there's something called neuroplasticity. Now, this is this happens throughout most of the things I'm going to talk about today, which is why I'm talking about it first. So it's known as brain plasticity, and it's basically the brain's ability to change and adapt as a result of an experience. And this is important because actually so many of the things that we do, this is where it is changing our brain. So this isn't just, a, oh, that's nice to do. And is it really doing anything? A lot of this stuff is changing our brain and it's doing it through this thing called neuroplasticity or that's what's happening to our brain. So for instance, let's start with meditation. So I did some research and I found a study that basically scanned the prefrontal cortex. So the prefrontal cortex is where we have cognitive control over things such as memory, organisation and executive decision making. And the brain is made up of grey matter and white matter. And the grey matter is the bit that serves to process information. And it's where most of the brain's cells are. So it has been proven that as we get older, our brain shrinks and the grey matter shrinks and the prefrontal cortex, obviously being part of the brain, also shrinks. And a study was done with people who meditated and it showed that a 50-year-old had the same grey matter as a 21-year-old. So the 50-year-old that meditated had the same grey matter as a 21-year-old. And the same can happen with things like gratitude. It helps your brain deal with resilience. It helps change the brain through that neuroplasticity and helps your brain reshape itself and helps you become more resilient. Now, Another part of the brain is called the amygdala. I, these names, like, I'm not good at reading these names. So the amygdala is responsible for emotions, emotional behaviour and motivations. It's the fight or flight. And basically what they showed was according to neuroscience research, mindfulness, i.e. sort of meditation, gratitude, practices dampen activity in the I'm going to say it again, amygdala and increases the connection between the amygdala and the prefrontal cortex. Both parts of the brain help us to be less reactive to stressors and recover better from stress when we experience it. So meditating and being grateful actually can change your brain so that you deal with stress better, so that you don't forget things, that you can make decision making, you have better memory. So these are all proven things from, from research that I found online from like real places. Okay. So let's talk next about journaling. Okay. So obviously one of the things I talk about, I didn't explain meditation because you know that one of the other things I do is I journal and there's a few different things. It's also sometimes called morning pages. If you've read the artist's way and 
journaling is basically, it almost comes from like writing a diary, but you tend to talk about more emotion-led things when you journal or figuring things out. So I found some research on the science behind journaling and it said keeping a diary has a big impact on, the, on your overall happiness, as well as supporting conditions like depression and anxiety. It, this has a knock-on effect like your general stress levels and your quality of sleep. So not only will you be a bit calmer, but apparently you sleep better if you journal. There are many cognitive benefits from journaling for those looking to boost their memory function. The habit of expressive writing has a strong link to increasing memory capacity. And there's also a link to personal performance on account of how self-reflection can help boost your productivity. So doing that self-reflection, and that's what it is. And in fact, that for me, that's what kind of the mindfulness stuff is and the practices that I do. It's all about the awareness of self and awareness of you and what you do and how you do it. It also went on, another study went on to say that basically a groundbreaking study of writing writing's physical effect appeared in the Journal of American Medical Association. Three years ago, the study led by Smythe basically took 107 asthma and rheumatoid arthritis patients and basically asked them to journal out on their emotions. And they asked them to journal about their most stressful events of their lives. And then with another group, they basically got them to write about a neutral subject. And then four months after right after the writing exercise, 70 patients in the stressful writing group showed an improvement on objective clinical evaluations compared with 37 of the control panel, which were the people who just wrote about their day, neutral stuff. In addition to those who wrote about stress improved more and deteriorated less. So basically he wrote that, so writing helps patients get better and also keep them from getting worse, which is just insane to think that writing can actually improve your health. Okay. Uh, another study also showed that writing could help cool down our brains and therefore control our state of worrying and that we wouldn't worry as much. Okay, what else have I got on here? So the other thing I did some research on was manifesting, because that I think can be a fairly seen as a fairly woo thing. And, you know, is manifest manifestation really a thing? So what is manifestation? So it basically means that you turn an idea into reality. So research by Carol Dweck clearly shows that believing you can do something makes it more likely that you'll successfully do it. And then another research said that ultimately the science suggests that our beliefs can bring about behaviours that will lead to the outcomes we desire. So if we believe that something is going to happen, i.e. we're manifesting it, then that can help bring about behaviours that will then bring about the results. Research shows that our expectations, positive or negative, tend to be confirmed. This is known as a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if we expect to bring our idea to life or reach a goal, we're more likely to. So it's that whole thing, and I always give the analogy, which is a good one, that basically says the, the whole thing of like, you know, when you are looking to buy a particular car in a particular colour, suddenly you see that car and that colour everywhere. And it's not that suddenly there was more cars on the road, it's just that your awareness is heightened to it. So because your awareness is heightened to it, it means that you're looking out for those things. So the same way is if you do a vision board or if you have, if you manifest, if you do any of those things, then you are basically going to be looking out for more opportunities to be able to fulfil those goals. 
Then there was some research by Dr. Barbara Fredrickson showed that positive emotions enable us to think more creatively. Similarly, another doctor has shown that happiness leads to success and not the other way around. So people who are generally happy and positive attract more opportunities and have better relationships and seem to be able to manifest what they set their minds to more easily. So again, it's that whole thing of you know, when you think about, you know, positive mental attitude, manifesting, dreaming, imagining, you know, I, I think I've told the story. I definitely told it on a few podcasts ago, but it was last week. How funny is that? When I was talking to Dan about when I took that first class flight, like I dreamed and imagined and saw every single thing of it. It was so clear in my head. And I'm not saying that's what got me onto the flight or whether it was just really quick processing by the Esther people. But I really love the idea of having that positive thought. And this morning, funnily enough, I had a executive club coaching call and we were talking about this. We were talking about what's going on in the news at the moment and what's going on in the world. And, and I'm very cautious when I talk about stuff like this, not to belittle it and not to make out like it's not a real thing and it's not important that, you know, the UK are having a bit of a financial crisis. However, I personally don't watch any of it because the only thing I can control is me. And whether you know, living in my little bubble of the world that I choose to see is real or not, or has an effect or not, it actually just feels nicer. So that's why I decided to stay there. Whether it's doing the thing that it should be doing, i.e. if you're manifesting and I'm dreaming of big, amazing things, whether it actually works or whether you just do it so you're not worrying and you're not thinking about those things. I mean, either way, I am happy. Okay. So then what else have I got? I also did some research on vision boards. So just in case you're not sure what a vision board is, basically it's a bit like, well, you can do it various ways. You can either do it digitally in something like Canva and basically you find pictures of the life you want and things you want. And, you know, so on my vision board, I had that I wanted to do a TEDx and I did do a TEDx and I had like, I wanted to speak at Inbound and I did. And then not that I admit this to her, but on there was a picture of Amy Portfield and I was like, I want to become friends with her. And I did like, and I'm not necessarily saying it's all down to the vision board, but this is the science behind vision boards. So basically, Basically, you imagine what you want your life to look like or what goals you want to achieve. And you physically either cut out images from magazines or print them off and stick them onto a board, or you create a digital board of like what your, your vision is for the future. So the research said, this all might sound quite mystical, but vision boards are in fact rooted in neuroscience. Neuroscience is so clever. So Tara Swart, Swart, is that how you say her name? I don't know. S-W-A-R-T, I guess so, explains looking at images on a vision board primes the brain to grasp opportunities that may otherwise have gone unnoticed. This is because your brain has a process called value tagging, which imprints important things onto your subconscious and filters out unnecessarily information. Your brain assigns a higher value to the images than written words on a to-do list. And the more you look at those images, the more the images move up in importance. And then she goes on to say, and there's a way that you can boost this activity. For example, if you look at your board right before you fall asleep every night, the images will be imprinted even further. That's because your brain is very impressionable as it drifts into sleep. And so if you focus your attention on something during that period, particularly on something new, those images are more likely to feature in your dreams and thoughts. So again, it's the same kind of thing as when we talk about manifesting, and it's very similar, it's just two different methods, that basically the more we try and bring our brain into focus and think 
think about these things, the more they will look for opportunity for us to try and, and find them and actually fulfil them. There was also a really interesting study that basically took some pianists, some people who played the piano, brought them into a, into a lab and got them to play the piano. And while they were playing the piano, they scanned their brains and they saw what part of the brain lit up for the point in which they were playing the piano. So they could see when they played the piano, this part of the brain lit up. Then they got them back in and they got them to sit there and imagine they were playing the piano. Imagine they were doing the same thing, but just with their hands flat, just sat there with their eyes closed. And the same part of their brain lit up as when they were actually playing the piano. And the reason this was so powerful and the reason that this was so important was because of the fact that it proved to a degree that your brain doesn't know the difference between imagination or reality. Now, I'm sure there's some brain scientists out there who would go a bit deeper and, and explain a bit more about that. But what this means is the more that we can imagine, the more that we can dream, the more that we can visualise, the more that we have a chance of actually getting there. Whereas if you never dream about it, never think about it. And that's why things like we do goal setting. That's why you have things like vision boards. That's why we meditate and journal and manifest and do all of those things. So I wanted to give you just a real quick overview of some of the science behind some of the practices that I talk about, which I will be trying my absolute utmost not to call woo from now on, because there is proper science behind why these things work. So it's not as silly and as frivolous as maybe people once think. Okay, I'm going to leave you to it. I'm back next week with a podcast interview. Until then, have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening to Your Dream Business Podcast. And if you loved this episode, then please feel free to go and share it on your social media or head over to iTunes and give me a review. I would be so very grateful. 